on this episode of Quantum Week, June 28th through July 4th, 1992. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines. And uh, we're like, we just, we're having the July 4th uh, weekend holiday right now. And we're doing sort of July 4th in 1992. Right. Yeah. Is it like a week behind or a week ahead? I yeah. Guess, yeah. Some of that. A uh, week behind. Yeah. 1992. Um, which the number one movie that week was uh, Batman Returns. We're skipping that one because it's a sequel. It's we a try, sequel. We try to watch the original first. I nixed it, but you didn't feel too bad about it. No, it's a fair, it's a fair nix. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with uh, League of Their Own and Sister Act. Right. And so we're, we're covering League of Their Own today. And yes. uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Right. So that's okay. today's episode. Uh, you want to get right into League of Their Own? Yes. Okay. Um, so this is directed by Penny Marshall. Yep. She. This is like the end of the peak Penny Marshall run. She had done big. Yeah. Uh, her first movie was Jumping Jack Flash. Not good. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. it and I liked it, I think, as a kid, but I... Yeah, it, it's her first director. I mean, she did, you know, obviously famous from Oliver and Shirley. And she right. even directed yeah. some episodes of Oliver and Shirley. Yeah. Uh, and then she did Jumping uh, Jack Flash. But then she does Big. Uh, and Awakenings. Then, Awakenings. When was that? Was it before or after Big? It was Big Awakenings. Either Could way. Could have been, yeah. Uh, and then Big, though, was the first uh, $100 million comedy directed by a female. And then she does uh, Awakenings, I believe. And then she does uh, this movie, A League of Their Own. Yeah. And this is kind of the end of her big run. This, this movie did very well. Yeah, um, after this, she didn't do... I mean, she did a few, but they didn't seem to... Didn't seem, and she didn't direct a ton after that either. I think she only right. directed like three more movies. Just yeah. and Maybe she... I don't know. Riding Cars with Boys, I think, and A Preacher's Wife or something. Yep. It was like two yeah, or, yeah, yeah, two yeah, or three. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so it was, just, it was just kind of the end. Uh, I guess for her, I guess she decided to move on to other things. Um, this movie is not directed particularly well. No. It's pretty by the book. The script is very by the book. Um, and we'll go through some of the... It's Babu Mandel and uh, Lowell Gans, I believe, the writers. And they are yeah. very... They wrote ha- for Happy Days. They wrote for Oliver and Shirley, I believe. That feels right. They And it's... Exactly. Yeah. They did... And it's all they really do is like fish out of water. They did Splash. Splash, right. Right. <laughs> they did like this, which is girls playing baseball. Yeah. Splash. It, you know, it's all these like... Uh, the idea of being uh, kind of these like... Very like one premise sure. movies. Uh, this this movie's better than it should be though because you have two Academy Award winners. Right, you got Tom Hanks, Gina Davis. Yes, yeah, and, and like that a movie of this with this script and this director, you know, this probably doesn't deserve to have two Academy Award winners in it. No. Um, although it's early on, did he get an account? I know he was nominated for no, big, but he no, didn't he get it at that time, but yet. he is right. But he was still, he was on the rise then. This is the beginning of his rise, right? Cause he, he done big, got nominated for Oscar yeah. and then did some bad movies after that bonfire, the vanities, right. did a few other, a few other movies that tanked and it, it wasn't a long period, but it was like a three, four movie stretch where Tom Hanks, but it wasn't doing like, super uh, great. Right. And then he does this and it's on, it's on, and then it's like Philadelphia, the first yeah, and it's yeah, off yeah. running. Uh, but yeah, this was the first movie that kind of changed that perspective on him a little sure. bit from, from post big uh but yeah he also madonna you know who's it you know not a good actress obviously but she's an interesting supporting character sure uh john lovitz john lovitz which is, is fun who's, i who's like this little character goodness. yeah really uh, fun. He, he makes the most of a kind of a weak script uh this, what did you what did you think of this movie what did you actually take? i find it enjoyable I, I wouldn't have said that oh this is a great movie but I, right. I found it very enjoyable like i love tom hanks in general, I think he's he's really fun to watch. And I think he did a good job in this film. I like Gina Davis, too. I mean, she this is pretty close to Beetlejuice for her, too. This probably is peakish Gina Davis. Well, this is really close to Delmon Louise. Oh, and Delmon Louise, which, which is, is peak. Yeah. 90, 91, Maybe I believe, 91. was Delmon so Louise. This, yeah. is after. this is the movie she did after that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about, you know, Gina Davis wins an Oscar for Accident to Tourist. Uh, mm. You know, she's in Beetlejuice. She does Delmon Louise. You have this all on like a five year stretch. Right. She's nominated. She won, wins for Accent of the Tourist, nominated for Delmon Louise. So you're talking about a peak five year stretch. Yeah. It does kind of fall off the table for it does. That. But, she, she didn't uh, act in a single movie in her 40s. She didn't. No. That's strange. Really strange. She said that the parts dried up, and also she said that she just kind of got to do it all. I mean, she didn't even did like Cutthroat Island where she was like, that movie tanked. But yeah, she I got to be like so. a pirate captain, you know, like, <laughs> right. which, you know, it tanked for a good reason. You know, yeah. G. Davis is not a very good <laughs> pirate captain or whatever. But, uh, but, but she says, I got, you know, I got to do all these movies. The only movie she did in her forties was a voice work for a uh, Stuart Little. Okay. Uh, but she said, other than that, she just said the yeah, parts were there. And she says, I didn't really need. Yeah. Know, I believe she's Ivy League educated. She's very bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's just like, oh, all right. If it's not the right 
she's not like she's going to blow her money. She's sure. very, very, very smart. She did some TV work, and, and now she's kind of back doing some movies here and there. Um, so I just think, yeah, this has a great supporting cast and two good, two really good actors yeah, in the head I of it. So I, I think that's what's fun about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Madonna was well, Rosie O'Donnell's good in this. Like, she's they're okay. All, they're, a lot of Ro- I think. Do you think little, it's a little too much, Rosie? Too much, especially by the end. You're like, all yeah. right, you know, she's not that. Funny. I think she was. Yeah, but she's just kind of meant to be that pompous uh, New York big accent, right? But like that you know, last, bully chick. I think Penny Marshall fell in love with this kind of lame Rosie O'Donnell humor. Yeah, probably. and then by the end, like. Like how it's edited, like the last, like that last World Series game, it's all Rosie O'Donnell, like talking the entire time. I guess time. it really is. Yeah, you it's see like, her at third base, kind of chirping. N- nothing valuable. It's all just like <laughs> Rosie true. trying to be funny. Yeah, and it's like, all right, we we get it. You're a loudmouth. It's yeah. a, it's we we know. A weird role for Bill Pullman too, only in there for like five minutes. Really strange because by Although, then he was he was kind of a name. He had done yeah, space, right. balls. space balls. He had done accidental tours That's with right. Gene Davis. Yep. He wasn't like a huge. I mean, I guess he never was a huge name. But no, he, but he started late. He wasn't uh, doing movies until his mid thir- like 33, 34 years old. So this is just four or five years after he started. But he had already. But he had already done some done stuff. some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, to come right. It is it is a very strange role to come yeah. in basically being like three scenes. Yeah. None of them really heavy duties. You know, I don't know why he, maybe he just, maybe he had a good relationship a with Gene favor, Davis from yeah, Action Taurus. Like, yeah, yeah, it could have been. Or maybe I like said a favor or whatever. Or maybe she just had the, he had the opening of the schedule. He jumped in. Bill Pullman seems like kind of a, a like a, like a, a good guy to work with. He seems like a, a friendly Easy guy. Easy going, friendly, nice. I never yeah. heard anything bad about him. Maybe no. he's just like, you know what? Like, this is just a, a good spot to be in. But yeah, after this, he obviously does Independence Day. Sure. He does other things, you know. Um it, it is. It was odd to get though. There, you're right. It was. Like, yeah, I was like, wait, wait what? Bill. He comes in with like 20 minutes left in the movie. I'm like, oh, all right. I, I, I saw him in the credits and I forgot. Well, I, I, yeah, the pic. He's in the pic. He's in that picture. I think maybe in the yes. beginning. That right. You see her as an older woman. Gene yeah. Davis's character as an older woman, like looking at it. You're like, oh wait a minute. That's yeah. And he, the model known as Bill Pullman, apparently. The it's <laughs> it's interesting with Tom Hanks's movie. Yeah. So he does. He doesn't come into those 31 minutes. I was thinking that too. Like we, I forgot. Yeah, I was like, Tom Hanks is in this movie. Where the fuck is he? Yeah, and actually, John. So Tom Hanks is like the comic relief in this movie. Yeah, but for, he's not in the movie for the first 31 minutes. So that really, it's John Lovitz. It who, is. Who, who, who kind of pass the baton? Right, and that's a lot to ask for a guy that's you know. I know he's coming off SNL and it's probably peak John Love at that point, but, but he's like a five minute sketch. Uh, yeah. Artist. Like he's never, <laughs> other than that show, the critic, which is a cartoon. Mm. He's never really had to carry a major no. movie. This is a major, this movie cost 40 million to make right back then, which, which this is a major film. Yeah. And you know, you're asking, you know, you have two, you know, Gina Davis, you have, you know, Madonna, you know, I know she's not much of an actress, but whatever. No, but she's big then. And you're having John Lovitz <laughs> carry this movie for half an hour. Very strange. It is very strange. But it did work out. He definitely came to the, he, he did a very nice job in this. Yeah, he's fun. He's yeah. fun. Um, so just in case, I'm sure everybody knows what it is, but but dur- this is based on true events. Major League Baseball was being threatened. I don't even know if it actually shut down, but it's sort it of being threatened down. to shut down no. during World War II. Right. And so a bunch of investors, there was a lot of team owners, got together and said, well, why don't we uh, use women and do a do a, a women's league? So, so that's I, what this is based on. Yeah, I'm a huge, so I'm a huge baseball guy. Yeah. And there's a lot that's factually either incorrect or they they made it work because the women's, this women's baseball was from 43 to 54. Yeah, it was over 10 years. Yeah, it's right. a 12 season thing. So yeah. what they did was they kind of built all the 12 seasons more or less and kind of like chucked them into one. Uh, so like um, uh, Tom Hanks character, yeah. uh, Jimmy uh, Dugan. That's based off of, it's really based off of Jimmy Fox. That makes sense. Who was a, uh, a big time, uh, he's a, like a big slugger yeah. uh, for the Philadelphia A's, the Red Sox. And he became, he was a drunk just like Jimmy Dugan was. Mm. And he pissed his career away. Uh, Jimmy Fox did manage one season in this women's league. Oh, did he? In 1953. Huh. Um, but he only did one season and left. He did make it to the playoffs with, with the team he... But, uh, but, uh, Jimmy but it Fox, wasn't at the beginning. It was at the, no, it was it was at the, end. the end. Yeah, right. Uh, Jimmy Fox said with him, though, he uh, died broke and died mm. at 59 and he was just penniless and yeah uh, it was a, i think he was a like a like a host at a, a steakhouse restaurant oh like yeah he just really that's rough just right he died penniless and, i mean at least this character jimmy dugan lived into the 80s so he was right. an old man so that, that, they, that made me feel better they, right they tried to they, they definitely kind of uh turned his life around made history uh, much shinier than, yeah, than maybe it, it, it was like. um but yeah but then obviously they had fictional characters with the women because they you know they don't you, you of know course. and even the Hershey was supposed to be Wrigley, but it was that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's Har- Har- Harvey Bars. Harvey Bars. But it's really supposed to be Philip. Right, and it was filmed at, at Wrigley Field right, in Chicago. Was, so, yeah, yeah. Right. and then they yeah they uh, but so that was all um you know so they definitely play with history. So this isn't factually accurate, but they never really 
pretend to be. Although there is some stuff at the end where they're old and maybe they're trying to make it look factual. Yeah, because uh, is there a Hall of Fame exhibit for yes, the women's there is. Yeah, Okay, yep. it, did this fall inside with the opening of that? I guess fall? that happened in 88. Okay, so a little um, bit before. So they kind of, this is what kind of uh, created the need for the, or the, the desire to create the movie. Oh yeah, because there was a documentary done I think to commemorate that opening, which right. is what Penny Marshall saw and was like, oh, this is cool. I never even knew that this existed and she wanted to do the film. Yeah, I guess the, there, there I was so. an infield, if you're a big baseball guy, there's an infield named Casey Candell. He played in the ah, 80s and early okay. 90s. His mother was uh, uh, one of the women who played in the league. Mm. And I believe it's Casey's brother who did the documentary. About okay, his that's mom. cool. Yeah. Um, and um, That would be interesting to watch. Have, have you seen it? I have not, no. That would be interesting to watch. But uh, the, the exhibit is there. I've been to Cooperstown a couple of times. It was there both times. I don't know if it's still there now, 2020. I, last time I was in Cooperstown was about 10 years ago, but it was still there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's still, I doubt they would take yeah, that down. Why would they? Right. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, but like baseball wasn't, so th- they made some things that were a little ridiculous. So baseball wasn't like that close to shutting down. There was some talk after Pearl Harbor, like, oh, what do we do here? And there certainly sure. was some talk, but like, it wasn't, what, like, it wasn't like this women's league was going to save major league baseball. No. I mean, now it's kind of a ridiculous stretch there. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, ridiculous stretch having this like be front page news. <laughs> like, you know, the, maybe in Racine, it might have been front pages, but like. Well, and maybe these, yeah, right. These kind of small cities. Sure. Hundred thousand cities or whatever, or whatever. Rock, but like, yeah. some of the headlines are like Chicago. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, probably mm. not. Let's maybe we dial back now. Right, but uh, you know, they ha- but I mean, it did last for twelve seasons, so that's pretty impressive that for is any impre- yeah. you know any minor league, even men's minor league baseball independent to start because sure. it's tough independent. I worked in independent baseball for years, and it's really hard to create a a need from nothing. You know, you're creating a fan base from nothing. Right. Uh, and you know, obviously you have the intrigue of women, but once you've been to a game, what, you know, you got to have a good product or else people won't come back. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was interesting. I also thought it was interesting to see how these women were treated, uh, at that time too. And it was, I did look and see what some of the things that were real, like the dress, the skirts. Can you imagine playing baseball and sliding in those goddamn things? I used to tear up my legs in like regular baseball attire. I can't even imagine in the, 19, in the 1970s, Chicago White Sox wore shorts. Oh, my God. For a short time. No. Yes, they you did. tear the shit out of yeah, your legs. It's crazy. And that's what happened. They stopped, they stopped doing it. Yeah, like, no. What a terrible idea. I think, I, think, uh, I think they're padded now. Like, I think you have more pad at, like, the hips and the knees and, the knees and, stuff, and now. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I mean, you know, I, I know. remember Little League, and, and the cloth was kind of thin, but. I know. And I was, you know, I was getting raspberries and stuff, but nowhere, like, what these women were probably getting. Yeah. Ugh, like, sliding on rocks and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or the charm school. Yes. They all had to go to charm school. That's real life too. I guess they did in spring That's training. What I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. In spring training, they, they did. Yeah. They all had to go to charm school. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I guess if you, I will say though, as ridiculous as that sounds, it sounds so crazy. You know, uh, the NBA and I think NFL, you have to go through a kind of a media training. Oh, that's true. Where they teach you kind of basically manners, especially for some of these, you know, some people that maybe grew up in tough spots or whatever. Maybe they're, you know, they, they might not be as polished as the team might want them to be. Sure. Um, or, you know, dealing with the media, stuff like that. So obviously yeah. a little different with charm school, but not as different as, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Just show. Yeah. How to act in public. Yeah. Um, one thing that came to me was I miss baseball. I do. And I, I can't go back to the Red Sox. Like that won't ever happen. Um, I think you said something, or maybe you, maybe I saw it at a chat somewhere. You said something about um, if there were a minor league expansion, or no, a major league expansion yes, team, you would root for them. That's right my now. big thing. Now, I think that would be. I think I'm on board with that. That's my whole thing. So, so, and before the pandemic, yeah, there was a lot of talk that baseball, major league baseball, was going to expand uh, to 32 teams, which makes sense because then you have even numbers in each league. Yeah, and then um, plus there was a need in some places like Montreal, Portland, Oregon. There were some places that really want Las Vegas that, that really wanted baseball. Yeah. Now, post pandemic, maybe not. I wonder, I mean, cause a lot of times, you know, what these teams are doing is they're kind of negotiating with these cities sure. as far as getting, you know, not only just tax breaks, but just uh, legit yeah. money to build these stadiums. Yeah. So, you know, if, if the economy tanks because of a pandemic, you might not see that. But my whole thing was whatever they announce the next expansion team, I'm going to be all in. Cause now <laughs> the cool thing is now with, you know, with, with, uh, you know, TV packages now. You, you can, can see watch it, yeah, of course. every game. So it doesn't, you know, you don't need to be in that market anymore. Yeah, when I was in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, I was watching the Red, all the Red Sox games online at MLB.tv right. because I was at a market so I could get those. You can't get mid-market or I would, or yeah. I would have, you know, a couple years ago probably. But yeah, so you could, I'm sure I could watch every game. Could watch every game. No commercial, even after the fact, even if it's in a different time zone and it plays later or whatever, I could yeah. watch it. 
in probably a two or two and a half hour span if I wanted to. You with can no even, even have like radio. You could even listen to it in your That's car true if you too. want to. Like yeah. have, so basically, the only thing you can't do is simply just go to the games, but you can make some fun trips and go to those. So that's my yeah. whole thing was I wanted to be, fan, you know, but now I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it probably won't it, happen. It, I, I, then again, the other flip side of it is when you do expansion, how it works is that let's say like the Florida Marlins, they'll yeah. pay, they paid major league baseball, like $400 million to oh, join right. the league. Yeah. So then all these owners get a little like kick, a little revenue <laughs> kick. Yeah. Which, if they haven't gotten any revenue for most of the season, might they might nice. need the revenue kick, and they might actually rush expansion for that reason. Yeah. So you wonder they ha- baseball, by the way, hasn't expanded since 1998. Was the last time? And that was that Rockies and nope, that was, was 93. Uh, 98 was the uh, Devil Rays at the time, and oh, yeah. the Diamondbacks. I forgot Devil Rays were so new. Yeah. And Diamondbacks. Okay, that makes sense. It's, it's the longest stretch baseball has gone since expanding since their first expansion. Well, I mean, how can they be doing well, though? Baseball yeah, baseball is doing very well. Are they really? Incredibly. How, how is that happening? When people, okay. But is it? But people aren't. Do you think that's going to expire? Because I don't think people are watching it like they used to. Well, the kids I, aren't watching it. But while, the, while the media has become more segmented. Yeah. Baseball still has a, a lot of people still watch baseball compared to other things. Do you they? Know, they don't watch as much as they used to watch baseball 30 years ago. It's 100% right. true. Yeah. But people still watch sports, especially live sports when you can have commercials, has real value than a typical show. But you look at ratings for everything. Yes, baseball ratings are down. But look at ratings for anything American Idol, Survivor, any, any TV show yeah. across the board, not just down, plummeted. Yeah. So, yes, baseball is way down, but other than football, so is everything else. Okay. Football is still. Yeah, has incredible and all that. Yes, but NBA is down, baseball, everything is down. But I'm having, I, you know, as games got longer and longer, you know, through starting, yes, Red Sox, Yankees was kind of the the. You're uh, talking oh uh, three oh four, right? Right, well, kind of when this started, when you were seeing all every game that they played was four plus hours, and then the yeah. playoffs were fucking forever. Yeah, and it just kind of, I and it was the rise of, um, you know, the Moneyball era oh, where people were on base, right, taking exactly. pitches, and yeah, it was. So it's still kind of like that, though. I don't know that I want to sit down. I know for four out plus the games, hours the games, game. the games long. are long. Yeah, they got They got I mean, I've been saying this for years. They got They got to do something. They do, which is why I was thinking I would watch a women's a women's league if they would try some of these um, fixes for, you know, to make the game shorter. Um, I think a women's league in baseball would be very competitive, more competitive than, say, like major league software, uh, softball or, or major leagues, uh, soccer or basketball. I think it would be just as competitive as a men's league and be really fun to watch. Just actually. as competitive. What do you mean by that? I just mean, well, I mean, you would. So I know that the original field dimensions and rules were a little bit uh, more like softball when the women's league came about Started, in the 40s. Yes. And I know it. And then, it, yeah, the balls were bigger and all that stuff. Right. And, and, and they, they, a lot of people even though underhand uh, the underhand. first couple years. But then towards the end of it, they really started to figure out what the right dimensions of the field were. They, yeah. they you know, they negotiated the base base pass the right way, uh, the pitcher's mound. It was much more they like baseball of, by the ex- end. Exactly. But, but still like a little bit smaller, um, allowed people, to, allowed the women to throw overhand, all that stuff. I think they probably would be able to really dial that in so it, so, I mean, there's physical advantages uh, for men when they're playing versus, you know, women, right? So you have to, so I think like maybe a smaller field, smaller base path, all that stuff, and you would have just as competitive, fun thing to watch as a Major League Baseball men's league. To me. Maybe. Uh, you don't think so? I, I think it's more competitive than say like basketball. Like it's sort of where basketball is fun because you're seeing dunks and stuff that, you know, you got a 10 foot. Yeah. If they maybe if they lowered the the hoop or whatever, so the women could dunk, maybe it would be more fun to watch the, the women's league basketball. So I think you could I think you could do that in baseball and it would look as competitive as a men's league and be just as fun in my mind. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, one thing I will say is that of all the four major sports, you, I think you're most likely to see a woman break into baseball because yeah. you could do it as a relief pitcher. That's what I mean. It's like you can be. I think. I think it translates a lot better to a, a, a to a women's game. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I kind of wish women would play baseball instead of softball. Oh yeah, I know. Growing I, up, I know because right, then I, you I, could really train for. And it. I also think then you could see because I think it'd be really cool to see women break into major league baseball. Yeah, it'd be just interesting, fun, and be, be kind of a wild, you know, be, be I think would also reinvigorate a whole fan base potentially of baseball that you know get more women to watch, get more people to watch. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and you could do it. I know the Fox had a TV show about it. It seemed, uh, I didn't I didn't watch it. Fox had a TV show, is that what you said? About a woman breaking into baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the Padres. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Zach from Save the Bell was in it. Um, yeah, and but I think you could, if a woman had like a, like a, a specific pitch that she could kind of get away with as a relief 
pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you could do it. It would be tough. Other positions, maybe catcher. Um, the only reason I'm saying these things because it's not as much running. Sure. Um, and that's just men just have such a huge advantage in, in speed than women do. So it's, it's, but baseball, you know, basketball is nowhere to hide. Right. Football is just so much, so much strength. Uh, that you know, maybe you know, hockey goalie could do it too. Totally. Um, you know, those are yeah, because probably yeah, right. easiest, smaller, flexible, quicker, yeah, easiest entryways sure. into, I imagine, to to pro sports. But this movie, I think, does a does a uh, a good job not trying too much with it. So in other words, they never have them compete against men and win against men or something ridiculous like that. No. So they try. They definitely like you know, kind of stay their their lane, and they also do a good job in a slight nod to segregation. They have a. A, they do. This league was very segregated, the it women's was. league, and they uh, it was all white white girls. And uh, they have this one scene in the movie where a, a ball, a foul ball, kind of rolls away, and a, a black woman picks it up and throws it back and throws like a heater. Yeah, and it's like, oh, see, like see what you're missing out on, right? Um, and and that is true. And I'm glad they did at least address that in, in, in the in the movie. Um, yeah. and it kind of it was, it was subtle, but it was there. Um, yeah. I, I, is there anything you you didn't do? Madonna? Let's talk about that for a second in the movie. Um. What is your Madonna as an actress? I think is very weak. But had she done more supporting roles like this, I think she would have had a better career. I think so. Right? Yeah, I think she's fine in this film. Yeah, uh, but I think she's kind of playing something close to her public persona anyway. Like that's sort of her character. May is very, you know, it's she's aggressive and you know flirtatious, right. and that that's kind of her public persona anyway. So hypersexualized, hypersexualized. It wasn't a huge stretch for her, but yeah, I thought she was totally fine in this film. I think her, the problem with her movies, especially her movies in the 90s, is ex- with the exception of Evita, it's all about like sex. She has nothing like it's the uh, only thing is just like we get it. You like sex. That's OK. But there has to there has to be more than just that. Yeah, like that like she does like, these body of evidence movies. She does all these like kind of dark noir ish movies where she's this femme fatale. She got kind of obsessed with this. Right. And the movies aren't good. And but this one was the right idea. Like just be a supporting role. You're not a great actress. Just be a supporting actress. And she just oh and Dick Tracy and she was okay in Dick Tracy yeah I don't supporting rem- role again yeah um you know uh, these tiny roles with good actors can make her look better than trying to top line a movie where now you're you got once again nowhere to nowhere hide. to hide yeah did you find it funny that it wasn't her that came up with the song like maybe that would have been a little bit too on the nose and the I, song I did no I de- <laughs> it was definitely distracting um I agree and then she just had the song in the credits that very yeah, boring write, yeah uh she's my playground yeah, yeah, which was a big boring. song at the time yep hit number one. Oh my god yeah this but it's, it's not a, it's no, not, it's not, not a good song it's yeah. very boring um I like the credit sequence that was a great yeah, kind of nod to they have at the end of the movie they have the actual women playing kind of a scrimmage at, at uh, uh, one in, of the in Cooperstown. I think yeah, it's in oh, Cooperstown. It Cooperstown. Okay. Um, and uh, it's nice to see. They all, they all seem to be having fun and they all kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're still, some of them are very athletic and, you know, making some pretty decent plays in their old age. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. But that was a nice little nod to what they, you know, to the athleticism of these women. I think that was, a, that was a nice, nice move by Penny Marshall. That was like one of the moves you made. I was like, oh, that's yeah, actually that's, that's pretty, pretty clever. Cool. That's pretty right. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Penny Marshall definitely, cared about making this movie she i think did. penny marshall's limited create creatively with certain with being a director i don't i think she has a very narrow bandwidth and she can't exceed it that could be the case i just don't i just don't think this and i think the script itself was was pretty pretty trite by the book so, you so want, yeah, yeah so let's talk larry petty for a second because she she has a pretty big role in this movie she kit kit yes she's gina davis's sister she's coming off a of point break yeah um she follows this up i believe with free willy and then she ends up destroying her career. What do you mean? Tank Girl wasn't uh, wasn't a before means before that. <laughs> so she was supposed to be in Demolition Man instead of Sandra Bullock. She got the part. She was there for the first two days of filming. No, another and, one. And she got into a fight with the producer. No. Yeah, and they fired her. What kind of fight? What supposedly created differences? I think she just had. I don't know if she got hurt, got a little too big for her britches, or if yeah. or what happened. But they were actually two days into filming, they fire her. You know, she used creative different whatever. They yeah, fired yeah, her. yeah. And um, they bring in Sandra Bullock was available, like just happened to be available. Like answered the phone that Crazy. day, and then she basically, obviously, speed is what took her. But yeah, she got course, s- yeah, speed right. because of Demolition Man. Right. I'm not saying Lori Petty would have had a sliding doors and would have had the same career as Sandra Bullock. No, sure, she doesn't have the talent. Right. But you wonder how many parts because Lori Petty does follow up uh, Demolition Man fiasco with. 
Tanker, which like you, you made a joke of, which is true. It movie fucking disaster. I didn't disaster. see it, but I just assumed right. it bombed. It bombed. A complete disaster. Yeah. And then her career was done. Yeah. So be- right. between having a movie that haha tanked, a movie that didn't do well, and then getting fired from a very high profile film that did very well, she was done. Right. Did and, de- did Demolition Man do well? Was it? It was. Yeah, a, it, it was. Did well. Yeah. I mean, I like. I remember watching it, liking it at the time. It's Sylvester. Stallone, I mean, it's not. I, like, a, but, I mean, it's not a great. Movie, yeah. No. Of course. But it did well. I mean, it did. It did. Yeah, it would have would have really helped it her out. Helped her I mean, out. But it would have been another hit for her. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's just funny because if you free, if you remember in the early nineties, Lori Petty was kind of like an it girl. Like, she was. She was. Uh, you know, people were really excited about her. Yeah, she still does work today. She does a lot of like character work. She'll do. You know, uh, I've she seen was her in stuff. Orange is in the New Black. I think New Black right. for like a, a few episodes. Yeah, and she does kind of like that kind of stuff. She'll pop in here and there. But I mean, when you consider that in the early nineties, she was. I don't want to say a movie star, but whatever no. that next tier is, she yeah, was that. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she has a big part in this movie. This was a big movie. It was. Yeah. She was the, th- what, third most important yeah. cast member, she I really was. I mean, yeah. you, you know, she, you know, obviously the, the credits had Hanks, Davis, and Madonna, but yeah, Laurie right. Petty was a you, much more important and had a lot more. more to do in this movie than Madonna did. Yeah, way more essential to the plot. Yes. Like, Madonna could have been replaced, you know, that yeah. character didn't even need that to be there, but, uh, yeah. but having the sister dynamic, the two sister dynamics. Was, 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 that's like the heart of the movie. It is the heart of the movie, which actually we didn't even talk about. I don't know if it's that relevant, but I found that that is also a compelling part for me is you've got a overshadowing older sister and, you know, a younger sister trying to break out of it. I think so it was that really was very good. nice. I, yeah. I liked it all. I think it was a little too much. Yeah, probably. Like, what dialogue, like, what, you know, I think it goes back to, you know, Babu Mandel and Lowell Gans writing for TV. Yeah. It's like, all right, we have an hour and a half. You don't need to like, you don't need to constantly bully us over at this point. Like, yeah, we, we get, get it. it. We right. know that she's younger sister. Like, you know, you don't need to have all of these shots like over and over and over again. Like it's, it, it was a little, it was just, it was, it was too much. It was too much. Yeah. But um, and maybe that's also on Penny Marshall too, from working in TV for so Could long. Be. That you just like you need to kind of constantly smash the head with it, it. yeah. yeah right. But like, you don't need to do that in, in a feature film because ideally, people are seeing it at theater. They aren't preoccupied with doing the laundry and stuff. You don't right. need to hammer us. You can just watch it and and be. Yeah, be, you'll get it. Right, you'll get that they're competitive. Um, yeah, but I I agree with you though. That was done very well. And I think it helps having. I mean, Laurie Petty, she's an okay actress. Gina Davis is very talented. Yes, she so is. you have two pretty good actresses at worst. Um, getting material that's you know. Eh, but they can make the most of it. And I totally, totally, I totally believe that relationship. And you, yeah, absolutely right. That was really well done by yeah. these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a young Taya Leone out of nowhere playing first base for some team. <laughs> uh, no, she's for Racine. She, <laughs> yeah, that's for Racine, and, right. No, I know. You I saw, see her like a couple times. I was, was like, whoa. It was very distracting. Yeah, I was like, uh, oh, she's young. So young. <laughs> yeah. Actually, most of these actresses were playing a lot younger than who they really were. Gina Davis, I think, is in her 30s at this point, oh, and she yeah. must be playing yeah, a lot she was, younger. She was All in, of them were. Gina Davis was in Tootsie, and that came out in 82. Yes. This, is nine, this is 10 years later. She's, right. Yeah, she's yeah, in, she's her, in 30s. her 30s. Yeah. Most of them are, um, but Tay Leone is not. She's like definitely the baby face of, of them. I had such a like a thing for her in the late nineties. Yeah, I thought really she was really pretty. She's yeah. really pretty. So when yeah. I saw her, I was like, "Whoa, holy shit!" I was like, "What's happening?" Taylor, I'm like, did I say? They're like, did I see that right? Like, what? Because it's so quick. Yeah, it's so quick. So like, I think I saw her the first time I saw her was in the tryout, and I was like, "Whoa, Taylor Leone. And then we saw her at like saw a first base. I think in the in the World Series. She game. has a she's a big hit too. I'm like, she. Do- I think you're right. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but then in the credits, I'm like, oh my god, it was her. Yeah, that, that was a fun. I'm surprised there weren't more actresses. There was the girl from uh, Mad About You that she was on Rockford Peaches. Yep, that's right. Um, that's right. Uh, there was another She's one too. Pretty. Uh, Cusack was in there too. Was it? Is it Allie Cusack? It's Anne. Or Anne? C- yeah. It's not right. It's not Joan. It's I know Anne. it's not Joan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know because I was just looking through the cast and I didn't. I was like, oh yeah, that looks like she. Now she looks like a Cusack to me. Yeah. Did you mean in the funny. third Cusack? No. I mean, if you're Joan, it's already hard. I think. I mean, maybe it's Joan because hey, I was on SNL. Totally. I was yeah. nominated for an Oscar, but kind of coattails ish. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jones had an underrated career though. I'm not a, she's I'll been back. in a lot of films, but I think it, but she's been in a lot of films with, with her jo- brother. Yeah, so. <laughs> but still nominated for an Oscar, I believe. And what was it for? I forget. I believe she was though. If I'm wrong, we can fact check. That. I like her and she was good in Shameless, the TV show. I don't know if you ever watched that. No, I did She's watch on that. a few seasons of that and she's yeah. good. Yeah. That's a good show. Is it? Yeah. It's a good show. All yeah. right. I might give that a whirl. Uh, yeah, I would. It's a good one. Eh, maybe it's going a little long. I think they're in the eighth season now and yeah, I'm kind of like done best, with it. Yeah. But what, you know, first four or five seasons I think are, are totally worth it. Yeah. It's so a show that was actually ending around this time in 92. Yeah. Just a real quick aside. Yeah. Uh, cheers. So I bought yeah. the box set of cheers just That's this week. Right. 
It was like 75 bucks and it's not Blu-ray, it's just DVD. Mm. But with all the cancel culture stuff, I'm scared they're going to find something wrong with one of the episodes of Cheers and it'll be gone forever. They found something wrong with Golden Girls. I, I like, I, I just, yeah. So what I do is like, I have the box set yeah. of Sopranos. I all, cause I think that's definitely going to, one Probably. day in our lifetime, Probably. that'll be yeah. next. Uh, and I just, I just, the, the things I really care about, I, I, I try to get the, cause I, I don't know how much longer there'll be DVD players. I'm guessing the rest of my life there'll be at least be a DVD player to find. Yeah. Because I don't trust the streaming services. I wouldn't either. No, I mean, it sounds like they're all on board with, uh, with editing stuff. this stuff. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, and we probably, the problem is we, we might not even know it unless we're really familiar with the show. We're watching it. It's just not either. But it's going to be weird for some of these shows that the shows build off of each other. That's true. Like, what if you're missing episodes? Like, what? It'd be so weird. I think they would just cut out scenes, but they that still could build Sounds on like itself. Sounds like epi- they pulled four episodes of Dirty Rock off of who? And they it's pulled it off. Extremely tragic because some of the stuff that's on, you, it's satire. Like, it is such it's a comedy. Clearly satire. Such clear satire. Why do it? Why do that? Dude, oh, nothing's worse than, than I mean, I love, you, you're not a cartoon person. I love the cartoon Big Mouth. The fact that um, the woman who was voicing um, right. one of the characters won't do it anymore. I have yeah. less, I mean, okay, but but I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have as much. My main issue, the thing that really kind of gets me triggered, if you will, cartoons. I get it, but censoring art. So once the art's created, no, I'm with to you. go back and censor it to me is, is really upsetting. I really, it's like, it's the thing that people want to change voices to have some, whatever, go, go for I it. I know, but like, uh, but like the idea of going and removing art because some I people agree. find it insensitive is insane to me. I know it's like people it's can't turn so it off. Crazy. It's like, don't you know that you can actually change the channel or you just don't subscribe to the content? Don't do people not get that fact that they can censor themselves. They can censor for themselves. Is there going to be a point in time where we're going to end up doing this show and there's going to be a movie that we won't be able to either see or see the full sh- version of because they will have pulled it. If we do this fi- for five years, I, I bet absolutely, I, I bet, think there's yeah. like a 90% Some chance that'll be. Some 1982 movie yep. or something like, well, actually they, they said the N word twice in a, in a scene. Right. So, so now we're going to, you know, remove I the movie. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that's, in five years. That's a scary it thing. It is scary. Yeah. This is book, book burning time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Right. Well, hopefully people are archiving it so that uh, well, someone will have... So I went and bought Cheers. So yeah, you did. That was my thing. Right. So that, yeah. That was, Buy every movie. Buy every movie. Find every movie with bad swears in it and blackface and get it so that... <laughs> <laughs> or if they, even if they don't, because who knows we're going to go for next? Who knows? I always make that joke. Like, all right, yes, today it's the N-word and today, you know, it's other things. And, and But what if one day they, like... For some reason, poop becomes... It might be. Very bad. You yeah. cannot talk about poop. Whatever you do, poop is very, very, very bad to talk right. about. And anyway, poop has to be removed. Like, we don't know in 20 years what they're going to find offensive. Or or crime families, like, uh, you know, Italian mobs or whatever. Right. Oh, that's, you Italian know... Italian oh, like, oh, like, like, Yeah, now. right. But Cheers was a topic, though, because that went off the air probably a month before we uh, this, this week. So people yeah. were still probably talking Cheers. I'm sure they were. Yeah, I know it was... It was a huge series. I I'd, I've seen a bunch of them. But I don't I haven't seen them all. So I know you love it so much. So good. All right. Maybe I'll watch uh, sometime. All right. Okay. But before we get into the music segment, we have our very first ad read, and it is for a great show that our audience should really check out. It's called exciting. The Pop Culture Show. It's very exciting. The Pop Culture Show with Barnes, Leslie, and Cubby. These guys fly through all of the latest pop culture news like TV, movies, gadgets, celebrity news, etc. Let's not lie to each other here. We're all here because we love pop culture absolutely i mean we're doing a pop culture show the people who listen to quantum week they love pop culture well there's no better place to get it than the pop culture show now let's talk about the hosts barnes is a pop culture junkie he's a musician a tv-aholic and he's also an actor he's in that new steve carell movie that just came out called irresistible and he was a reoccurring character on prison break on fox leslie very interesting background. She is a powerful executive at a cable TV network, and she's just down in it every day with musicians, actors, personalities. She's just got her hand on the pulse of Hollywood gossip. And Cubby is the morning show personality on one of New York City's top radio stations. This guy knows everyone and pulls in some really cool guests. So these three have all known each other for a long time, for over two decades, actually, and it really shows it's a very, very tight show. And I know that matters to me if I'm listening to a show with a bunch of hosts if they like each other, you, you can really, t- you know, you can tell. I mean, I hope when people listen to Quantum Week, they can tell that we like each other and, and like the show. If you say so. <laughs> um, don't you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's a big deal. Right, I, it I, matters, I, right? I, no, it, of course it matters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's obvious, too, that, you know, that from their collection of guests, that they're very well connected. They have many celebrity guests that are tough to get from any podcast. Um, so the show's just a very solid collection of pop culture talk from all over the map. There's a huge variety, which just makes every show unique. 
Um, so do what Chris and I do. Listen, subscribe to the Pop Culture Show wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, you can subscribe right now. Like, check out the Pop Culture Show. Check it out. Um, all right, so back to the music segment where we are talking about Baby Got Back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends who understands those rap guys. <laughs> They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt <laughs> is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there. I mean, they play this on the radio. Look. This is one of the strangest so, openings, right? So strange. Any song? Wow. Valley Girl. Yeah. And now it's four minutes of him singing about butts. So, Sir Mix a lot. Um, I mean,. Yeah, I, that like it's when, so iconic. When was he knighted? Well, he was knighted. Oh, he's Sir Mixalot. Oh, right. No, no. Yeah, I think I think there's a self-designated. Oh, sir. interesting. Yeah, no, right. I know you could do that. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I like the song. Okay. Uh, I've covered it in a rap, uh, in a rap band in my life. I didn't do the actual rapping, but uh, but we did a cover of it. I think mm-hmm. it's a very fun song to yeah. do. Um, in 1992, there were 13 number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Okay. Um, so obviously 13 to 52 weeks, a bunch of them had multiple weeks. There were only yeah. two of those that had, oh. were on the span Ooh. for one week. And this was one of them. It was not. Do you want to, did you want Is it fun to guess? guess? No, you then, don't want to even guess. Okay. Just tell me. Who, so, the only, so these two were only on for one week. That's well, it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want to guess. No. I okay. Guess. But this one, no, uh, baby got back was on for five weeks, but it was supplanted by one that was only, that was a oh. one week. And that is the Madonna, uh, Madonna song. Uh, used to be my playground. Oh, really? That was yep. one of the way, only only for one week, huh? Only for one week. So it's supplanted. That was, number one. That was a number one song. That it song was number so one. Boring. It's so bad. I, Barbara and I were watching the movie last night, and I'm like, <sighs> I fucking hate this song. And she's like, Oh, I like it. Oh, I'm really? Like, what? Oh, what? How can you like this song? She's like, It doesn't have to be like structured a particular. She went into the you know the theory part where you you know like the emotional versus theory thing that mm. people do with me. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just, it doesn't sound good. I it's like not watching fun. the old ladies play baseball. So I'm like, I'm going to watch this out. But the whole time I'm like, Ugh, Ugh. I can't deal with I'm this. I'm just going to mute yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Uh, anyway, but um, <laughs> what was the other one? It was, oh, it was All for Love by Color Me Bad. Oh, do you yeah. remember that yeah, one? I do, I do. It's I do. funny. I listened to sh- the, the shit the, out of that album for they, some reason. Oh, really? I don't know they why. Awful. They were on 90210. Yes, they were. They and, had like four or five big songs. They stink. Yeah, they're not very good. Terrible. Yeah, they're 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 not good. This song is better than both of those songs. Way better. Yes. Uh, the other thing is, we'll never talk about um, Sir Mix a lot ever again. Ever again, because this is his. I mean, he was okay. So we won a Grammy for this one, and he was nominated uh, for a Grammy for a song on his next album. But it's yeah, not good. I saw that. It's not good. Um, and and if you, I don't know if you listen to any of the other songs on this album. No, I did not. They are not good either like they're really he is like sort of he's kind of stuck in run dmc yeah uh, like that style run dmc yeah. like 10 years right b- before this where he's kind of like but da 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 but da 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 is like his rap or, early beasties or like uh fat yeah. boys like not a lot of in- no innovative flow yeah this song is by far his best song and is an extremely like innovative flow to me maybe not the most innovative song like this one This is him? This is called Square Dance Rap off his first album. It actually charted. What? Yeah. Doesn't sound like him, right? No. Because he rapped it and sped it up. I, I, I and know. And so he chipmunked himself. I, 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 and, I figured that out. And it got radio play. Like So he's from Seattle, got radio play oh. around Seattle and California and like some of the other touring destinations. But it's what convinced people to that he could like chart. Oh, That wow. fucking stupid song. Um, so Baby Got Back. Um. The elements of the song, I think, are pretty interesting, actually. It's sort of, if you, like, what's the, besides the kind of iconic, um, you know, Valley Baby Girls at the beginning. There's that, but then, like, from a sonic perspective, the bass, I would think, is maybe the doom, doom, yeah, doom, doom, totally. doom, 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 which is oh, very, yeah. very like Peter Gunn. It is, yeah. Very similar to that, right? There's a great Peter Gunn Mission Impossible mashup. No, there's a great Peter right. Gunn. I'll be oh, no, watching. I'll be, that's what it was. I'm sorry. You're right. From Sopranos. Exactly. Season three, episode one. 
It's the uh, FBI. The is uh, this is amazing? I love this. Mashup. This is so good. This is like I have. I had to buy this album because of this. Stream it. This is amazing. So good. Yeah. And it's David Chase's wife's idea. I think you told me that. I think yeah. we had a conversation I'm about with it. Obsessed with this song. Because yeah, exactly. It's so good. It's such it's a great so mashup. Good. So smart. They did this. Yeah, it's perfect. I love this song. That is, I love that create. So, uh, creative creativity in music. Every musician is influenced by everything they've ever heard. It's just the way it goes. Like you're kind of copying all of your history. But the cool part of being a musician is taking disparate objects and putting them together. And this match mashup to me, that's one of my favorite mashups ever. Oh, it's it's so just good. so fucking good. I think I texted you when I wa- was watching this episode because I vividly remember it, and I was like, oh my god, this fucking. I think I texted you this ridiculous mashup. Uh, about this and you knew exactly what I was talking about right yeah, away. Well, yeah. Nice, but. but anyway, so this song, so Baby Got Back has got kind of got four elements. It has that Peter Gunn bass. It has um, this sample called uh, Technicolor. Oh, yeah. Very clear. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. And it, it's this, huh? Hey, um, the way that sounds, it's like this very half step. It's this like half step move. It's the same thing with the bass. Um, that Technicolor is this song from the late 1980s by, uh, I can't remember the name of the band. But anyway, it was just like the minor like sort of dance hit that he took. And then all this like scratching and frenetic like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, I mean, maybe maybe that's why it was called Sir Mix-a-Lot is because, of, you know, he was a scratcher. and that his got, him, that got him the knighthood. I think that's what got him into the knighthood. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that I, I like that kind of the thing that speaks to me about this song is it's sort of like two live crew light. You know, two live crew, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Two live course. crew is uh, it's a, Very, a rap ensemble. Yeah, hardcore. Uh, right. From the 80s, early 90s. And they were extremely explicit. And in, in fact, like I was not allowed to listen to that music, but I got like, right. you know, that was contraband like, copies. So we were both in junior high this time and, yeah. and two live crew was like the, like the hardest thing you could find. Like, you know, like the, the most uh, controversial Con- music totally. you, could, you could find. It is really explicit. Yeah. Even till today's stand to yeah. today's standards is really explicit. I remember someone saying to me, I was in like my, my junior high band class. Oh, that's Luke Skywalker uh, rapping for two live crew. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Luke Skywalker's not in fucking two live group. That was the name of the guy's band i thought he was telling me it was mark oh, okay. hamill as the rapper right right but that's right. not it's, it's not, not it's that's 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 like, a different band uh, yeah <laughs> but this Way song different. though was still con- the video they'd only show it at night i and like that's this, it we talked about this song in seventh grade you know so much this song was just like a constant because it was about butts it, it was, was about butts, easy yeah. to understand right and it was just like oh the song is so wild and crazy and all the we all would mock those girls the yes. beginning of the video yep. like this song was like for a junior high boy this was like the zeitgeist yeah I think and there are two sort of um, lasting things that come from the song one is that it, it, it straddled the line of, of explicit so you're right it was banned on MTV you, they had to play it after 9 o'clock at night a mm-hmm. lot of times they did play it on the radio but it was just explicit enough to get kind of the censors like the back the hairs on the back of their neck to rise but not too explicit explicit where it wouldn't uh, yeah where it gets censored yeah, really, so it really towed that line it did tow that line yeah. which I think moved you know moved some like free speech in the notch in the right direction like anything anytime you have things that push those boundaries i think it's a it's a good thing well, personally maybe in 1992 in 92 not anymore cheers discussion in 2020 maybe or golden girl discussion in 2020 maybe oh, not this song will be, get get crushed but the other thing is i it you know it's sort of if you remember too what pop culture was like beauty and pop culture was like in the early 90s it was this is like peak kate kate moss yes this is like peak very very thin thin wafy almost look like they are on heroin you know wasting away sort of very thin women that was sort of the beauty standard i gotta offend my skinny people here (laughs) skinny's not bad no i'm just saying but that was all we really saw i uh, yeah okay don't you think so so here's my thing with this song here's my 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 caveat with this song whatever so uh, you bring up a good point okay right so and this song then became like oh look women can have curves and you had all this thing he says a number of times he still wants his women quite skinny. He just wants to have a big He just ass. wants a big butt. 
still a great big ass <laughs> to borrow from heat um but uh, like he says in every, like race is itty bitty he says yeah another, he does he, there, does, he there, does this is not a thing where he like no wants this, i'm like, not chunky giving, woman he just wants no a great this isn't fat ass. bottom girls no <laughs> not right right fat bottom <laughs> girls are queen that's right it's right but but i do think it does challenge the mainstream sort of pop ideal of what beauty is which is these rail thin Women and women can't be. I just think it's it's a different it's a different look. He at literally it. says itty bitty waist. So I don't. I, and a round thing in your face. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes, when you get, get sprung. Worst to look by. Anyway, I think it's culturally significant because of those two things. So I do think it's different than what people were seeing or showing. Or you like listen watching all you know um, when you know grunge music was showing beautiful women. It was the same thing. It was sort of gaunt. Maybe they were in plaid. But, I think uh, it's a lot harder to be to have a itty bitty waist and a giant ass, probably, than it is just to be gone. So How if do anything, you do that? he's creating a more difficult standard of beauty. Well, yeah, you'll have to take that up with him. But he's been knighted, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it was so funny because your 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 original point, your point is what became the uh the conversation so everything like, oh this song speaks to women you know uh, having different body shapes it's so exciting sure. and all this bullshit when it ends up he's still misogynist he was in, he only <laughs> wanted was just he just wanted a giant ass he, he, he did he, but he, he wanted his women to be quite skinny he says it a number of times you've mentioned that <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's not that's not what but you didn't take that away from the song either. i don't no one does no i don't yeah i it's think hypocrisy no i'm not saying i just think i i i absolutely agree i totally agree i just think it's still at least a slightly different take it's <laughs> still slightly different so bullshit <laughs> i've, I've been fighting this cause for like 25 years I'm like that sir mix a lot is this like grand gentleman no he's and, not uh, yeah, no, no, no he's certainly not what are we doing here <laughs> um i think that uh, i think that's pretty much it with with him oh it was the second um second highest selling uh song in to in sorry in 1992 the first really? was yep end of the road uh boys to men was the only <laughs> one that uh, that outsold it well and that was the one that that charted the longest oh. uh, uh in 1992 for oh 13 weeks i know you, do you i remember i, I remember Not listening big... to like the top 40 and he, it would be boys to men's or mariah carey's yeah every single week yeah right it, it's a rough time but yeah it is right <laughs> yeah it is this is about though when like like the grunge started to pop up like not in the pop charts but like this and I think our next song on on uh, on Saturday is going to be a, a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. That's right. Um, you know, this is when I, I expanded you know, my chart looking. Good. Yeah, and that song is actually I think a lot better. But, well, well, yeah, we'll um, we can talk about it later. Yeah. But uh, but no, but you but you did start to have different uh, like you know Nirvana. So like I mentioned, like we talked about this song all the time in junior high. Yeah. But we would also like talk about you know uh, Pearl Jam you know, and Nirvana. Yeah, and like Sound Teen Spirit yeah. stuff like yeah. was also a huge. This was like when a shift happened. I think in music. Yep, it did. Um. And Sir Mix-a-Lot sound to me it sounds older than it is. Like it sounds like something that should have been from the late '80s because you mentioned his like rap flow is very yeah. Uh, particularly the rest of his album sounds way older. This is this sounds like the most modern creative mm. thing that he's done. The rest of the album is very straight up by the book, like really old rap. And it's like eh. Would you want? Let's say that was your life. Like you have one song. I'm into it. We've talked about this before, but I, I don't, I just, I, I think so I too, want right? one song, one thing to make me enough money and popular enough that I can then do whatever music I want for the rest of my life that I'm set. I don't give a shit if anybody listens to it after that. I don't care. I just want to be able to do my art because I know that some people will listen. I know like I'm compelling enough. Just like, you what know, if it's a goofy song about butts or something stupid. I'm fine with that. I don't care. That can be because people who really, who it, who it would, the people that would matter to me would actually see the other stuff that was more important to me. The, the, my, my more important, important artistic achievements, even if it wasn't popular, they would see that stuff. So that's all I care about. Someone who looked into, you know, my life, they would see, oh, Matt had this one popular song, but then they would see all this other stuff that I did, all this great art that I did. So do you like this song? I like it, actually. I told you that. But it's because at the time I it's liked fun. it. It's yeah, when I was a kid, I liked yeah. it. Uh, Would you ever listen it. to this on your own now? Nah, no. no, I mean, there's no real reason. Yeah. Plus, we've heard it a billion times. I, I was talking with Laura about it, and uh, and she was like, oh, this you know, this song kind of had a resurgence when it was in Jackass. I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it really no. never went away. Yeah. It's been like in my life since junior high. It's, yeah. It's always around. It's always present. It's, it's always a funny there. enough, like, 
it's a clever enough concept. It's a novelty I think. song. Yeah, right. That people will just kind of hang on to it. You know, there's a number it's of those. Butts. I mean, it's like you know, that yeah. Butts don't go away. They don't. They here forever. <laughs> so. As long as you are, so is your butt. Yeah. That's what I like to uh, say. All right. So uh, what, what do you give a, uh, either on? Oh yeah. A, we didn't say that. It's like a B minus. I give it a C plus. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're pretty close. I think, I think the material is a C minus, but yeah, uh, the but is, the acting and the, the, and the, to Penny Marshall's credit, some of those stadium shots are, are pretty decent. Yeah. Um, they fill it up with, we'll say real extras. They spent some money on this movie. Well, and the actors are really kind of are playing and yeah, yeah. you can see the, the speed of the ball isn't but, great, but it, but it doesn't they, they look do, bad. They do a good job. They do a I've good job. I've seen a lot worse in, in male movies with sports. So yeah, like even their fielding yeah. uh, technique is pretty good. Um, some of them, the actually kit, uh, whatever face Petty. Her, she was swinging so early on some of those yeah, pitches that I was like, ah, I she's know, like, so really leading way ahead. Yes. But, but for the most part, it looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I give it a C plus. Okay. Yeah. And the um, song you give this song a uh, this oof. is like a this is a it's so hard it's like to, a B minus again. It's, it's hard to grade this song because it's been omnipresent for yeah, so long. Yeah, it really has. It's but like if I heard the song for the first time, I get a chuckle out of it. I, yeah. I, I give it I don't know somewhere in the B B minus I guess. I think it's fun. It's like fine. it has a lot of energy to it. Like you know, it's not going to put you to if, sleep. Maybe a C plus. If I hear this song on the radio now, I'm going to probably change the channel. But only mm. because I just heard this song. Yeah, like times. so many times. Yeah. All right, uh, I think that's it with the song. Um, you have headlines. Yeah, personal story from you though, right? Oh, yep, that's right. So at this time in my life, uh, this is right before I started high school. And high school, um, what was most influential to me in high school, I was trying to think back to, I like remember my classes in high school. Not really, I remember like a couple or a couple teachers. The only thing that is so, that's really vivid in my mind is my music experience, which we've talked about right. before. This was very, um, this, you know, really changed this, this, this was like, gave me a lot of foundation for the musician that I am now and the knowledge that I have now. And what was happening is it was such a big music program and I, the, we had a marching band. So the fall was really dedicated to marching band during football season. And we had a huge marching band and the, like we put on a really good show for New Hampshire standards, something that's not, uh, you have, there are schools in the South, high school uh, schools in the South who do marching band like year round. Right. It's really important to them. And they'll put on like, you know, world-class shows, you but know, you even were as kids. going to like the biggest school in New Hampshire. I right? was, I think one central, of the biggest, one of the biggest. yeah, central is 2000 students when I got there. So it's pretty big. Our music program was hundreds and hundreds of people. The band, uh, the marching band itself. I think my, when I was a freshman year, when I got there, it was probably a hundred and 120 people in the band, which is big yeah. for, for New Hampshire. Yeah. It's big. way bigger than my, my school band was. Yeah. So what was happening now is I had to audition, um, to get into the music program. Uh, at at Central High School, um, so I was rehearsing to do that. I was practicing. I was given a you know, um, I, I can't remember how it was. I think I I had to acknowledge to the band director in some way that I was interested in being in the program. And then at the end of my eighth grade year, he sent me a pack like a packet of this is the material uh, that you have to learn. Come in on you know uh, schedule time on this day. Come in and audition and make sure you're you know you can get in. I was really nervous. Um, I, you know, I, I practiced a good amount, but I never like clarinet didn't, I played clarinet, uh, through college actually. Right. Clarinet was always a means to an end for me. I play guitar and sing and whatever, but it was a good way for me to learn how to read music and whatever. I, I can play most instruments because I started playing on the clarinet, like all the wind instruments, of course. And, uh, so I, yeah, so I was, I was practicing to like, make sure that I could get in. I was really nervous. Um, but I ended up you know, I had to play some scales and play through a piece of music and it didn't take that long. It was like 10 minutes and he, I, he was just basically making sure I wasn't a fucking hack on the instrument that I could, you know, keep up, which I could. Uh, but the cool thing is, is later on, um, I was the, I became the drum major of that band. So I ran the ha- halftime show. I would rehearse oh, the band. All right. I would conduct the band, all that stuff. That was my gig, my junior and senior year. Oh, and even though I never liked I didn't like having to be a spec. I always loved athletics, but I didn't like being sort of an add on spectacle to a football game. I was like, oh, you know, I'm too good for this shit, but, wow. but yeah, of course, like some sort whatever. I'm not like your pep band bitch, you know, <laughs> no, but uh, with that in mind, I did like that. Even though, you know, with, even though I had to do it, I, I was in the leadership position that was rehearsing. I had a lot of responsibility around it, so I did like that part of it. 
But that's what I was doing at this time. Do you get like a free ticket to the game through him? Like, like how does that work? Yeah, you go. Yeah, you're, you're, you go. You do you do your thing, and then like at halftime, typically, right? Yeah, you do, you put on a halftime show, and right? then after halftime, do people like stick around and watch the game, or they, you're pl- we were playing throughout the throughout oh, the okay, uh, right. the game. See, I, so didn't have, I didn't have football in school. You would only play. So you know how um, on when you're but we did it in basketball, I guess. So we did they did it in basketball. They had a pep band, and they, they did play throughout the game in basketball. That's true. So you know how you like you try to when your team is on offense you try to be quiet yeah. but when you're on defense you make a lot of noise. Right. So we made a, we would play throughout when the other team had the ball. Did you think you helped the team win or not? I don't care. <laughs> 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 Fucking okay. meatheads. No, I love I really liked football and I never played football but I really liked it. I just didn't I didn't like the marriage like the 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 and one that I sort of, you know, right. You're the music was, right, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, no right. No one's there to watch the music. They don't watch no. Yeah. No, I was like, what is the point? I knew we never had football in my school. Um, I'm obviously way too scared to play, but I would have liked, I do like watching yeah, football. I would have loved fun. to have watched the games. Sure. Um, but we never had it. And, um, so how big was your school? It, when I was there is about 500, 400, 500 kids there. Okay. It, it's big enough to have a football team. Don't you think? I think they were, they still don't, they're a little bit bigger now. They yeah. still, Brown still doesn't have football. Um, it's kind of a, I think there's like, you know, yeah. it's a philosophical thing too. Um, well, I think it'd be, I think schools shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, um, have, uh, you, I don't think you should have sports teams in schools. I think that they should be separate leagues personally. Like I wouldn't affiliate them with schools personally. I think you should, but that's, that's an argument. For yeah, yeah, probably. Um, okay. All right. So we have headlines here. Okay. We'll start off with your favorite thing in the world. What is it? Your I'm so excited. He <laughs> loves the milk. Dudley weather report. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, this week, this is a uh, end of June into July 4th, 1982. Right. Uh, a tropical depression descended on Tampa and Fort Myers causing 14 and a half inches of rain over the six day period and some f- significant flooding of the Mayaka river. 14 and a half inches of rain. That's a unheard of That's amount of rain. Sh- shit ton. Um, some folks in the Midwest went into actual depression. Not because of Madonna's lackluster performance in a league of their own. This okay. is when he mixes in the okay. joke. I was you know? wondering when yeah. that was coming. Yeah. But uh, cold air led to temperatures of just 40 degrees in Duluth and uh, Minnesota and Muskegon, Michigan. 40 degrees in uh, that is July 4th. That's, that's pretty cold. Crazy. Yeah, no. It was pretty cold. I don't know. We're in New Hampshire. It was down in the 50s uh, last week, right? Some lows. No. Some lows, right? At night. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, that's what this is. You know, maybe this is probably at, at night. night. I'm guessing. Uh, well, uh, okay, so <laughs> so I will say off the bat, there wasn't a ton of headlines, and you might have a hard time finding stuff because it's July Fourth oh. week. Yeah, not what's and it's going just, on. Like, not going on. So yeah. uh, on June twenty eighth, though, a seven point four earthquake hit uh, Yucca Valley, California. Am I saying that right? Oh, uh, right, Yucca Valley. Uh, Yucca Valley yeah, uh, it's the strongest earthquake they had they had had there in forty years. That uh, was in a big California. One. Right, that's a big um, one. Seven point four. Did you have any earthquakes when you lived in California? You're, very you're in the Bay slight area. one. Very slight one. Well, so the it was eighty nine. Was that the big one that uh, that yeah. collapsed uh, the top portion of the bridge, yep. like a section of the? Because um, that was during the the World Series. The World Series, yes. right? A's and Giants. Yep. Um, so that was the last big one. Actually, I had family members who were living there at the time, and they left California because of it. They were living in oh, Berkeley, wow. and they're like, "Fuck this," and went to Las Vegas yeah. for a few years. They did eventually come back and lived in the Berkeley Hills, but I experienced. There were earthquakes that were happening around the Bay Area when I was there, but I only physically remember experiencing one, or at least there was only one powerful enough for me to experience. Right. And it was pretty small. And I was just like, I felt it and I was like, oh, that was an earthquake. It was just like, you know, kind of unsteady for a moment. And then it was gone. Hmm. That was it. Yeah. But Hmm. 7.4 is big. Were you nervous about them when Uh, you were out there? Not over. uh, Actually, when I first went out there, yes, because of how Fucking massive the bridges and tunnels are. Oh yeah. That, have you you've been? No, have you, I haven't been to oh, Bay Area, dude. I I mean it's so gorgeous because of that. But the Bay Bridge is six miles long, goes over Treasure Island. Uh, I think that's what's called Treasure Island, and then so it's two parts of the bridge. But then some of the other there's like four bridges that span um, across the bay. From what Golden Gate goes between um, like the peninsulas, so it, it goes north to south, but the others go across. And they're like some the, the other ones are longer. The uh, I can't remember the Richmond Bridge is lot like these are seven, eight, nine mile fucking yeah. bridges. So you're just over water. Right. Uh, the one that's north, I think that's the Richmond Bridge, is really tall and skinny. So you're way, 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 way up, and it feels like you know it's like two lanes on either side, and you're like this thing could fucking topple anytime. So when I first went out there, I was a little bit skittish because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because any earthquake and you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know, I lived. 
You did. You made it. I made it. Uh, I've never experienced an earthquake. Never. Oh, well, I hear you just when never. When I was on my honeymoon at Key West, they had an earthquake at Key West, uh, but I was on a, um, like a, a glass bottom boat ex- expedition. So yeah. I wasn't on land when they had the earthquake. That's By the so time funny. I got back, the earthquake was over. Was like, you're oh, a, rep- you're a repellent for I it. I am. I That's guess so. I'm anti-earthquake, <laughs> man. Um, so this was a common thread that this entire week. Is yeah. That the economy was shitty. I, I guess George Bush right. had a... Uh, not George W. Bush, but his dad, yep. obviously, H, uh, had a like a kind of a mini meltdown in, in Detroit. He was just because people just kept peppering him about how the economy wasn't getting better. He's like, it is getting better, and right. then he he was really having a tough time. And later that week, they announced the unemployment. It was at seven point eight percent, which is not it's eleven percent now, yeah. in modern day, unfortunately. But back yeah. then, seven point eight was still it's still still very high. It's high, and it was just like more proof that he was wrong. The economy <laughs> wasn't getting better, yeah. and he was just kind of like he was just like, what the fuck? And his poll numbers were really down. They would rebound a tiny bit before the election, right? But obviously he did lose lost her, this yeah. is about as dark days as, as they were for him during those four years yeah. um he just could not it, it just seemed like he just seemed like angry and <laughs> like kind of lost and he just couldn't fix the economy which was going through a pretty coming out of the recession right. slowly yeah but it was still bottoming out yeah and he was just like what the fuck do i do but that was like every day it was a different story about how bush and the economy were failing like oh, every no. single day and then the july 4th like fireworks <laughs> so <laughs> i look at the headlines in the new york times and it was just, every day it was just like how bush is fucking so up. i okay so i might have i might have trouble finding some stuff yeah you might not have a ton of stuff i even tried to see like who died or who was born this week yeah and it really wasn't even anything like it was just like this one of these just they say i don't know because the holiday week element but there's a lot of movies to choose from we're going to be back next week with sister act oh right um or on saturday with sister act so the, the movies summertime movies is always a lot of stuff going on but sure. unfortunately summertime headlines not, not always as, as much that's fine um but yeah it's uh and so we're back on wednesday or this saturday, is the wednesday yeah uh saturday we're back with sister act breaking the girl a big thank you to the pop culture show thank you pop culture show anything else i think that's it see you on saturday catch you on the next one bye-bye